Hello again ladies and gentlemen, Ghost Nobody here, ready to bring you chapter 13 of Hunter Hunted Hybrid Wars, my third in the Clan Mason series of fan fictions. Now, just before we get into the usual uh, palaver, uh, just a note here, there will be no chapter of Radiance, as those of you that are in my Discord are probably aware, there was some problems when I was writing it all out that caused the entire thing to get deleted. And I didn't have enough time to be able to basically salvage it and rewrite it for recording this week. So unfortunately there will be no you know, no chapter of Radiance this week. But I will be able to make it up to you guys next week. So I'll try and get a double whammy out. Should be a little extra hopefully. I should be able to get it done on min Monday and Tuesday. Because the normal days for it are writing are Saturday and Friday. So with a bit of luck I should be able to get it all sorted and have a double chapter next week. Oh, with that out of the way, the usual, if you can uh, like, share and subscribe to this wherever you can, and either leave um, comments and feedback, either at fanfiction.net, archiveofourown.org, or even at my own website, ghostnobody.com, they're always appreciated, and I always enjoy hearing what you guys have to say. If you do go to ghostnobody.com, I have done some updates now, so if uh, you, for those of you that haven't noticed already, on um, things like Hunter Hunter Hybrid Wars, Radiance, and probably will be Storm Rider on, um, after this chapter, which has just been updated. What I'm starting to do now is I'm noticing that when you seem to get to a certain level of chapters, it seems to bug out with the updating. I don't know whether it's because of the length, the file size, could be a whole thing with the architecture, I don't know. So what I'm doing is when it starts to get to that point, I will create a new part and add further chapters into that part. So currently now you, when you go on the listings you will see Hunter Hunted Hybrid Wars and Hunter Hunted Hybrid Wars Part 2. All future chapters will go into the Part 2 section. Same with Radiance and eventually same with Storm Rider. And it will go forward like that. So anybody who's currently up to date will know which one to go for when they want to read the latest chapter if that's where you're reading it. So, with all of that out of the way, let's get on with the show, shall we? Oh, but first the usual legal disclaimer. I don't own AVP or anything to do with it. This is all fan fiction. I'm just here to keep the Huntresses happy. Let's get on with the show. Chapter 13, Shadows in the Night Liam braced himself, chanting softly as he called to the spirit for aid. Grey smoke began to slowly and lazily swirl all around him until he utterly surrounded him and he vanished from sight, making Siri and her pack gasp in surprise. But Slayer and her pack calmed them, telling them it was all right, that it was just something he did. The heavy wooden door folded in in half, like it was made of paper, and two black shadows-like blurs shot into the room and went straight for the stunned guards. But before they even had a chance to get halfway, Liam burst out of thin air, kicking one of them off guard, and slashing at the other with his blades. The nightmare assassin he kicked flew backwards, spinning over and sliding on her feet back towards the door that she'd come through. The second one was barely able to get her blade in front of her to defend herself against Liam's furious flurry of swings in time to block any of them, showers of sparks lighting up her scaly features as they connected. You will not lay a single hand upon them while my heart beats, not a single one, Liam snarled menacingly, holding his ground. 
Both of the nightmare assassins snarled at him and began barking at him in their language, forcing his translator to fight to keep up. We are children of the Dark Seed and these creatures have been marked for death. Why do you interfere, alien? This is not your world and these are not your people. What do their deaths mean to you? One of the nightmare assassins barked. Because I am a seeker of the Guardian Corps of Clan Mason. We fight for the innocent to protect and defend them from any and all who would do them harm. Liam growled darkly as the nightmare assassins split up and began to try and circle him from either side. Before they could get into an optimal position, Liam unleashed a series of shots from both his plasma casters, forcing them to dodge back. And before they could get their footing, he rushed them, striking at one before spinning off a deflection and throwing a secondary strike at the other one, trying to keep them both off foot and balance until reinforcements arrived. But the two were obviously well trained. They attacked him from two sides at once, their weapons flashing and showers of sparks exploding from both their weapons as the black blades clashed against Liam's own. Liam spun on the spot, deflecting both blades at once before a series of flashes erupted all around the room and five more. Liam's charged right at them, making both nightmare assassins spin to defend themselves from the perceived onslaught. Only it never came. But that didn't mean the real Liam didn't turn and stab one of them right to the back, with his blades making a screech and a mixture of pain and rage at being so easily deceived. The second one came in to counter-attack, even as her sister was falling, but her attack never arrived. Instead, it was deflected by a set of wrist blades, wrist blades that belonged to rear Iron Mason. Nope, the big Yejuta hybrid said with a deep snarl. The other seekers had burst into the room behind him and the single living nightmare assassin now found herself surrounded by five seekers all bearing down on her. But regardless of the odds, she was unwilling to back down and began to fight. She didn't have a hope in hell of winning, but she still launched herself at Ryan with a furious roar and swung her blade at him. All of them were moving so fast that to the serpentinous onlookers it must have looked like six blurs moving around the room like glowing pinballs. Ryan was able to deflect the flurry of strikes to kick the weapon from her hand and instantly the room was filled with a mass of black smoke that morphed into ten other identical Scalathor. But Liam and Ryan both saw right through the attempt of the soul split and both moved to cut her off from retrieving her weapon and the others blocked both the door and her approach to the royal pack. There's no way out, assassin. Surrender, and we will spare your life. Ryan snarled, approaching slowly with his twin set of wrist blades now fully extended. No one can stand against the will of the Dark Seed. No one. Soon you will see, soon you will... She began yelling, but while she had her attention focused on Ryan, she hadn't noticed the vines creeping out of the wall behind her. And before she could even finish her sentence, the vines shot out right at her like a web of tentacles. Two vines wrapped around each wrist and two more got her ankles. Another grabbed her tail and the last one her waist. But most importantly, a rather thick and meaty one jammed between her open jaws before wrapping itself around her snout and preventing her from biting down properly. When she was completely immobilised, Ryan overheard the transmission from his father and had no intention of letting her kill herself. This one was going to talk. Gotcha, Ryan said with a satisfied smile, and then he turned to Liam. 
Soul Knight Silva, let's see if she's a puppet or a fanatic, shall we? He said, and Liam nodded, dropping his helmet to shake his hair out. Liam instantly saw a look of surprise and confusion in the Scalathor's large red eyes. Let's see who's home in there, shall we? Liam said, and he reached forward, grabbed the side of the scaly head of the struggling Scalathor. Well, you do that. I'll call my patriarch and let him know the threat's neutralised and that we have a prisoner. Liam said, and he opened his comm line. This is Seeker 2-1 to both Seeker 1-1 and Dreamer. All Nightmare Assassins are down, one killed, one in custody. Seeker 1-2 is currently seeing what he can pull out of her. Over, he said into his comms. The Royal Guards now relaxed somewhat and Suri and her pack slithered out from behind their protective wall, closely followed by Salira and her pack. Roger that, my beloved cub. Message received and understood. Stand fast, your patriarch is on the way to you. Dreamer over and out, Dick Ellis' voice said over the comms. Rece- message received, Seeker 2-1, we are five minutes out. Seeker 1-1, one, one, over and out, Jack's voice replied. Liam began to whisper and repeated the chant over and over and over again. Honoured souls of the fallen, aid me. Fill my soul with light, so that I may penetrate the darkness within this being. Help me to extinguish the darkness in her soul and pull it back into the light. I am your brother, humble and true. Help me now, I implore you, he said, and the smoke swirled from everywhere, flooding Liam's body while his hair danced and crackled with electricity, as did his eyes. And with a rush like he was falling down a well, Liam plunged himself into her mind while she screeched and gagged like a banshee. Liam was plunged into a dark place filled with pain. He could feel it, feel it all around him. Pain, fear, doubt, isolation, rejection and a whole host of other negative emotions swirled around him in the shadows of this dark formless place like predators waiting to pounce upon him. Liam reached out with his mind into that darkness. Suddenly a wash of images and memories rolled over him and what he saw there brought tears to his eyes and ice to his heart. It showed this young Scalhor being being taken as a child from her family, taken into a kind of military installation where they ran all sorts of painful and horrific experiments on her. This lasted for quite a while, day after day, week after week, all while her mind was slipping away. And then it happened. In the darkness and all the pain, a voice reached out to her, offered her a way to end the pain, to become strong, to become more than she already was, and to protect herself from any who would hurt her. And without a second thought, she took it, and the dark seed was planted. Now her mind no longer belonged to her. A consciousness and will were sealed away, leaving only the seed in its place. And that's when Liam saw her. A little green and yellow Scalathor girl sat in the corner with chains wrapped all around her. He walked towards her and as she approached she looked up at him. Who are you? She asked in a surprisingly soft voice. Liam crouched down and looked at her. Big yellow eyes tracked him and looked at him curiously. My name is Liam Silver Mason, he said softly but cautiously. You shouldn't be here. 
The dark thing will be angry with me if you're here, the little Scalathor girl said, sounding frightened. Who are you? Liam asked. My name is Leona Longtail. You must go. The dark thing will be really angry if you're here, she said, looking around herself with very obvious and real fear in her eyes. Don't worry. It can't hear us for the moment. The Scalathor military took you in. They found out you were a dream warrior, didn't they? Took you to a place and hurt you. Made you suffer more than you could take. And then when you just you were about to break, the dark seed offered you strength. A way to end the pain and you took it because you were scared and in pain, didn't you? Liam said. The owner now looked at him curiously. You are like me, aren't you? You can see into people's hearts. See who they really are. But you're a boy. Boys aren't strong like girls are. So how can you do this? She asked curiously. They are where I come from. Boys and girls are the same. No different really, other than the obvious. But they are equal in all things. Boys aren't superior to girls and girls aren't superior to boys. We're equal. Save for some biological differences that set us apart and make us one side of each other. Better at certain things, but still equal all the same, Liam said. Liam look, Leona looked at him, and he could feel her trying to make sense of what he was saying, but he could see in her mind that his opinion that males and females were equal made no sense to her, really. On her world, males were nothing more than breeding tools and slaves, nothing more than living, breathing toys for female pleasure, and were treated as such. It was such an awful existence, and it brought tears to Liam's eyes, as Leona's memories were filled with experiences that she had seen and felt with her own mind and eyes, of her male hatchmates as they were sold off to the highest bidders like cattle, or given as gifts to high-standing families for the use of their females to increase the status of her family. The image ma images made Liam seethe with rage as he saw them, and he felt her own dismay upon seeing it. It was obvious that she didn't feel like the vast majority of her population did. But there was a lot more to it than that. It was like so many of them absolutely lacked empathy. But it wasn't that they couldn't feel it. It was like it was suppressed somehow. Maybe the influence of the dark seed? Liam could feel the darkness all around him now, testing his defences for weaknesses to try and access the bubble of protection that was being reinforced by the souls of the fallen that had come to his aid, their energy flowing through him like an umbrella of light shielding him. Liam crouched down in front of Leona and looked right into her bright eyes. You don't have to be like this, you know. don't have to live like a prisoner in your own mind. On my world, a few strong and courageous people made a civilization. Humans don't even know that aliens exist, and Yejuta forbid any and all mating outside of their species to preserve their purity, and any who break it, the rule of lust or love, are put to death. Though predominantly for their females, as our matriarch explained to us, when it came to their males, it was common for the clans to turn a blind eye for a male taking a slave of another species and forcing themselves on them. But if a female took a male of another species as a mate, they were both put to death. And then there are the xenomorphs, who became 
because of unfortunate methods of their birth, are universally hated by all species, and are generally exterminated as a nuisance, and deprived of their right to even exist. But we cured them of this problem, and now they live free and peacefully on our world. In fact, they've helped it to not only thrive, but flourish, make exceptional medics, farmers, engineers, scientists. Search my memories, you'll see what I'm saying is true. My people live in unity and in peace, Liam said, reaching out and touching the side of Leona's face now softly. Her eyes flickered as her mind was filled with more images of his home world. It's beautiful, she stammered in true shock, looking at him with wide eyes. But then her fear returned in kind. No, no, I, I cannot disobey the will of the dark seed. It knows what's best. It protects me, makes me strong, he said, and Liam shook his head. No, it doesn't. You are strong without it. Look at me. Do you feel darkness within me? Do you feel the dark seed at all within me? He asked. Leona looked at him in a very curious way. It was like her eyes were peering right through his soul. But that, in truth, was what he wanted. He wanted her to see him as he truly was. To see the love in his heart of his people, his home, and now his pack. How he had come to an alien world, light years from his home, to protect a species that they had never met until now. Now he had fallen in love with four of them, and they had fallen in love with him. She began to pant and her eyes went misty. It's beautiful. So beautiful. I wish my people were like yours. That they could see the strength in togetherness and uni unity. But I do not see sense any darkness in you. How are you so strong then? She asked. We train ourselves to embrace who and what we are. To strengthen our abilities. It helps that we are not feared on our home world. We are loved and respected, as we in love and respect all of those around us, without our gifts. Our Lady of the Hunt, Pyre of the Yejuta, teaches us what true strength and what true honour are. We are offered a loving paradise for our service to her and to our clan. It is a powerful thing indeed, he said. I see it. It's wonderful. I wish I had your strength. She said, sounding forlorn, and Liam smiled at her softly. You can be, Leona. Just believe in yourself. Let me show you how to be strong. Take my hands, and let me show you our ways, as I now have seen yours. Liam said, sitting before her now, cross-legged. He held out his hands to her, and she looked at them for the longest time, before with a deep and meaningful breath she reached out and took them. Okay, calm your mind. Sheathe your fear like a sword sliding into a scabbard of hope. Open your mind up and let it take mine like taking my hand. Let your heart beat. Let your breath fill your lungs, Liam said. A soft golden light began to pour out of Liam like he was exhaling golden smoke. Slowly it made its way into Leona's lungs, filling her up. Let the light fill you. Let its warmth into your heart. Let it push the darkness out. Let its strength support and carry you. I am right here with you now, and I won't leave you, Liam said. 
The darkness all around his bubble went absolutely apeshit. It tried everything now to break into the protection, as it realised now what was going on. Because with every breath Leona expelled black smoke through her mouth and her nose, making her kind of look like a dragon that had just finished breathing fire. The inky blackness outside the bubble up its attack on them, and Liam began to feel the pressure bearing down on them. It was kind of like having anvils placed on his chest. He felt Leona's strength wavering a bit. It's all right, Leona. Don't be scared. Sheath your fear like I showed you, he said, and he felt her fighting back. And then with one last push, she expelled the final amount of darkness from her soul. Excellent. Now it's my turn. Now let me show you what our kind are truly capable of, he said, and with that, he opened his soul. Honoured spirits of the glorious dead, I call now to you for aid. Help me drive this vile evil from the heart of our sister. Let her breathe the free air again. Help me bring her out of the shadows and into the light. In the name of Pyre, Lady of the Eternal Hunt, and of the great tree, the great bringer of life. Help me, Liam said, casting his hands upwards towards the sky. Like sunlight breaking through a bank of thick clouds, a ray of golden light burst forth, burning the roiling blackness, making it screech in an echoing voice. Spirits burst from Liam's chest like transparent golden echoes. They inverted that golden umbrella, now turning it into a golden bubble, which sucked all of the darkness in from all around them into it. When every single wisp of the darkness was pulled in, Liam sealed it. It was in the shape of a golden seed, filled with a very angry black smoke that roiled and fought. Be free, young one. Let me carry this darkness for you. Let me draw it like pus from a boil, he said. He could see that Leona was scared, but she nodded. With a tremendous force of will, Liam pulled the darkness into himself, surrounded in golden light, supplied by the spirits, and held it in check with his power. Back in the real world, Liam drew the blackness from Leona's scales like he was washing jet black ink off her, revealing the colourful scales underneath it. As he let go of the blackness pulsed through his body, momentarily turning in his skin jet black, while all present watched in curiosity and apprehension, especially from his back. Sliev, Liba, Vimi and Sev were dancing around him nervously, wringing their hands unable to sit still as they watched their beloved pack male fighting powerful darkness. Don't you worry, ladies. Liam's the most powerful soul knight to exist, second only to my patriarch himself. If anyone can defeat this darkness, it's him. He fights with the strength of the entire clan of his back, and with the power of the Lady Pyre, and now the great tree at his sides. He'll defeat this darkness. Just you watch. Your male will be back in your arms and, er, uh, coils, where he belongs. Soon as, soon as you know it. Ryan said proudly, and no sooner had his words left his mouth than Liam changed back to normal, and between his hands a black orb in a seed-shaped form appeared, looking like it was made of ink floating in the air. By the power vested in me by Pi, the greatest huntress, goddess of the eternal hunt, I banish you. Go back into the void from where you came, vile creature, 
and bother the innocent no longer. Liam roared, and with a flash, the black orb ignited into a ball of screaming golden fire that burnt it to nothing but ash particles. The energy flowing through Liam gradually subsided, and he finally returned to normal. Ryan drew his mandibles up into a satisfied smile. See, what I tell you? Spirit made a fire, this one, he said as he helped Liam back onto his feet now and clapped him hard on the shoulder as he looked at him with a confused smile. Before he even had a chance to ask what the hell he was going on about, or what that meant, Salia and the others just dove on him, and he found himself in the middle of a ball made of undulating coils, as each of them planted kisses and nuzzles on him, squeezing him tightly in their coils as he did. Once his pack had finally released him from their embrace, Liam was finally able to get back to his feet, albeit a bit shaky now. I think it's safe to say you've got the love of four good women right there, Ryan said and Celia looked at him. A serpentine female protects her male, and a good pack protects what's theirs, and he is ours. No one else is ours, she said with fire in her voice that made Ryan chuckle softly. Don't think you have to worry about them, worry about young Liam here, but it is good that you do. It shows you care, he said. The royal guard now had surrounded Leona, who still sat on the floor and looking rather scared at the large females pointing weapons at her. Stand down. She is no threat any more, Liam said, and they glanced at him, and then at their regent, along with her pack, who had slithered out from behind their living protective wall, and no longer looking frightened and unsure, but were looking at the frightened and unsure Scalathor girl instead. Never in my life would I have believed such things possible. It was like witnessing her own mythology come to life in this very room. It's like nothing I could have ever dared to dream about. It was like watching you suck someone's soul from their very body and burn it before our very eyes, Siri said quietly in obvious awe of Liam and his powers. Not her soul, Regent Siri, but the darkness that had infected it. It appears this dark seed is like a form of dark infection, capable of overwhelming dream warriors and turning them into puppets. I saw this poor girl's life and numerous pains and indignities she suffered at the hands of her own people when they discovered what she was. Then amid all of that pain and fear, a voice reached out to her in the dark. It offered her safety and strength and a life free from pain. Who in her situation would refuse such an offer? Liam said, looking at Leona with pity in his eyes. Are you saying that she was compelled to do these vile things? Siri asked curiously. Worse than that. Compelling someone means there's still, still iota of free will within them. But with this dark seed it imprisons the dream warrior within their own mind and simply joyrides around in their body like a meat puppet, fully in control of their body and all of its abilities at all times. We've seen something like this before, or rather our grand patriarch has. A dark god called Loki did something similar to a female Yejuta dream warrior called Hachak, turned her into one of the most feared bad blood clan leaders we've ever known. She was the scourge on the galaxy, well, until our Grand Patriarch and Matriarch defeated her troops, and our Grand Patriarch freed her, using his powers. But this? This is something else, Liam said. Siri so looked at him curiously. How so? 
she asked, but it was Ryan who answered. Because whatever did this to her was able to imprison her with her in her own mind, using only a small fraction of itself. It took all of Loki's strength to hold her chak prisoner in her own mind, as the mind of a dream warrior or ghost slither, as you call us, is a very powerful thing, a weapon like no others in the right hand. So to be able to hold one such as we, using only a tiny fraction of yourself like that, the seed of yourself, if you will, it's a dire circumstance for all dream warriors everywhere. And from what we've seen here, it would appear that all the Scalathorian dream warriors, and possibly even maybe the Draconis ones too, have already been enslaved to this force, entity, dark deity, whatever the pork it is. And the army of dark dream warriors is not something anyone would wish to face, Ryan said with a shudder. Liam stepped forward and pushed through the royal guards now. He crouched down in front of Leona. I'm taking her into custody of the Seekers. She will be returned to our home world and taken to the Seeker Temple, Liam said, offering his hand out to the scared Scalathor girl. My regent, I must protest. This woman made an attempt on your life. She would remain a prisoner of the Serpentinus. This attack was on our soil and in the very royal palace itself, the captain of the royal guard yelled loudly. Siri looked between them, and she instantly saw the Seekers present beginning to close ranks. It was obvious to her that they protected their own as passionately as they themselves did. No, Seeker Silver is right here. We'd have no idea how to hold her anyway. And the way I understand it, this looks like it wasn't her fault. We would be knowingly holding a person we know to be innocent of a crime that they did not willingly commit. Seekers here have far more experience in these matters than we do, so we believe it would only be smart to defer to them and the Clan Mason in these matters until we get a better understanding, she said. The Royal Guard Captain once again opened her mouth to protest, but Syria gave her a look that said, Fuck with me, I dare you. And the Captain promptly closed her mouth very quickly. Thank you, Regent Siri, and I promise you we would not leave you in the dark on what we find out. Ryan said, and she nodded in thanks. Literally moments later, Jack Mason and his team entered, and his eyes scanned the room before locking onto the very frightened Scalathor female. Report, he said, looking at his son. The Nightmare Assassins used a variant of cloaking, similar to one of our Soul Knights. Used it to slip right past us, but they didn't slip past Seeker Silver here. He stopped them dead, and protected both the Royal Pack and his own. He also managed to pull off an extraction on her. Pulled the dark seed right out of her and burnt it to a crisp. Did the Soul Knights and the Seekers proud patriarch? Ryan said, nodding. He did his prack proud as well. Almost unheard of for a male to be responsible and forced to protect his pack, as it is a female's job to protect our valuable males. But he stood tall and proud in front of those that would wish both us and our beloved regent harm. He fought for all of us and prevailed, Celia said very proudly, as she and the rest of her pack slithered up to flank Liam on all sides. Jack looked at the Serpentinus girls that were flanking Liam and he smiled to himself. Got yourself a fine loyal pack there, Seeker, he said with a smile, and this seemed to please Celia and the others. I'm sorry, Grand Patriarch, I was unable to contain the dark seed once I removed it. 
felt that it was too much of a threat to be allowed to escape my grasp, so I destroyed it, Liam said, sounding a bit despondent, like he was worried that Jack would punish him for it. Jack planted a large hand on his young shoulder and smiled at him. You protected the ones you love, as well as the ones whose lives I placed in your hands. But not only that, you pulled the essence of a dark force from the mind of a fellow dream warrior and freed her from a torturous and horrific existence. You've done well this day, young seeker. You've made your prac proud. You've made your clan proud. You've made the seekers proud. And not only that, you've made me proud, young one. You saved many lives today. It would have been too easy for you to kill her. But once struck down, but you didn't. You honoured both Our Lady Pyre and Great Tree with your actions today. So puff out your chest. Stand tall, Liam. You've done proud. You've done well this day. Jack said. Liam smiled proudly and Jack turned to the Scalathor girl who tried to hide behind Liam. Do not be frightened, young one. My name is Jack Mason and I am Grand Patriarch of Clan Mason, the leader of the Seekers of Truth. We're dream warriors, just like you, he said. Dream warriors? What's that? she asked, her scaly face looking up at him in confusion. It's what we people call people like us. People touched by the divine, granted abilities different to those of those around us, makes us different from our brethren, which is both a blessing and a curse, because to people who don't understand who and what we are, we can be seen as a threat. It makes us them fear us. But we come from a place where those differences are not feared. They're embraced, Jack said. The place that Liam showed me in his mind, in his memories. The beautiful place filled with strange creatures and with love and pride. He called it the Seeker Temple, she said, her voice surprisingly deep. Jack nodded. Yes, it's on our homeworld, and it really is as beautiful as Liam would have showed you. Our whole world is like that, a place of peace and unity. We will take you with us. We will show you a different way to live. We'll give you a chance to be a part of something bigger than yourself. Something that will shield you from all harm and will protect you. All we ask is that we show us what you know of the Dark Seed. Help us and we will help you, he said. You, you will take me to the beautiful place, like Liam promised me? She asked and Jack nodded. Then I agree. I don't know how much help I can be. But whatever I do know, I will share with you, she said, and Jack smiled and helped her to her feet. He looked at Siri and the others. This woman is now under the protection of Clan Mason, and we will defend her, he said, and Siri nodded, understanding him perfectly well. Do not worry, Grand Patriarch, she is released to you. It would be the least we can do, considering the aid that you have currently given us, she said, and Jack nodded. Thank you, Regent. I'd also like to inform you that we not only found, but offered the same amnesty to your ghost slitherers, and they have accepted. They are, as we speak, aboard the Dreamer, waiting to be taken to the Seeker Trample for training, Jack said, and this actually stunned Siri. You would steal them from us? she asked, and Jack shook his head, but before he could reply, the door opened and a familiar face marched in. I swear if one more royal guard asks to see my identification, I might just start feeding people their own tails and playing hoopla with them. Tick snarled and Jack laughed. 
and allowed himself to be embraced by his life mate from behind. Regent Siri, I introduce Grand Matriarch Tick Elif Mason in the flesh, he said, and Siri flicked her tongue and nodded. It is good to finally meet you, Grand Matriarch, Siri said, and Tick smiled at her, drawing her mandibles up. And you, Regent Siri, I came down to inform you both that the ghost slitherers are finally all safely aboard the Dreamer, and we currently have a lot of very curious serpentina slithering all over our ship. We're very happy to meet everyone and everything. Plus, I also needed some fresh air, Tick said with a smile. So, why are you taking our ghost slitherers from us? Sri demanded, looking at them both. We're not taking them. We're taking them to the tra- for training at the Seeker Temple. But I assure you, not stealing them from you. Believe it or not, most of them are actually rather keen to learn our ways so they can put them to use in defending their home. Despite, and I emphasise this word strongly, past persecution and fear they've suffered at the hands of their own people. Jack said, and suddenly Siri looked rather embarrassed. If I may speak, your highness, Sev said, suddenly drawing the regent's attention, and she nodded. It is indeed true that our ghost livers have suffered persecution in our past. There are many well-documented hunts, and that had the sole purpose of hunting them down and destroying them. Out of fear, we believed they were witches or demons. I believe more in more rural areas, such superstitions may still well be in effect. Sev said, and Jack nodded. He stepped forward towards Regent Surrey. With your permission, Regent, he said, holding out an ungloved hand. She looked at it curiously and flicked her tongue at it, but she nodded her consent, and Jack touched her head, and her instantly her eyes flashed to match his. What, what is this? she exclaimed. The memories of Valoran, the male leader of the ghost slitherer colony that we found. Jack said softly. But by the great tree, that that's awful, truly awful. That poor, poor male, she exclaimed as Jack released her and he nodded. No one should ever have to experience something like that, being forced to slither this world alone at such a tender age like that. It, it shames me. Not only one of our precious males was treated like this, one of our ghost slitherers. They are the blessed children of the great tree, and we shamed ourselves by treating them this way, Siri said with tears forming in her eyes. Jack shook his head. Fear is a powerful thing, Regent, and I have no doubt in my mind that my origin species would have a similar reaction if they found that there were others like me among them. But you were all children of the great tree, every one of you, and that's the point. You are all brothers and sisters of the great tree, just as we are all brothers and sisters of Our Lady Pyre. You need to show your people that, teach them, that ghost slitherers are nothing to be feared, that they are beloved family members to be embraced, nurtured and loved. That way we will rob this dark seed of any more potential victims, at least serpentinous ones, Jack said. Siri looked at Jack and then at her own pack, and then at Liam's and his pack, as they moved around him, both Leah and Lieber, both leaning in on him, and she nodded. It seems that we owe you for far more than protecting our home, Grand Patriarch and Matriarch. I truly had no idea that such injustice and appalling superstition was happening among my people this day.
that our beloved brothers and sisters were being cast out of their packs and homes to slither this world alone and afraid. And I swear to you upon this among my mortal soul before all of you, and all gathered, including the great tree herself, we will begin immediately educating our people. We will teach them of the ghost slitherers and the dream warriors, and we will show them that the kindness that they showed us here today, how they stood for us when we could not stand for ourselves, and how our brothers and sisters are going to learn to stand for us as well. So he said with such passion and fire in her voice, that it made both Jack and Tick smile and nod at one another. Both Jack and Tick now sat down with Siri and the royal pack, and they hashed out the details of their next move. Clan Mason had repurposed the two Scalfold frigates and, and cruisers, and repair crews were already having them functioning to a decent degree. Jack could only imagine the saviour Zenos running all over the ship, screeching at one another as they repaired things. They agreed to leave some of their ships from their fleet here to protect the planet, while their orbital defences were both being repaired and upgraded. Clan Mason were outfitting these orbital platforms with heavy railguns, as well as anti-ship torpedoes and missiles. The type that missile used a multi-staged warhead that was designed to combat fighters and gunships, and then heavier torpedoes that were designed to take down capital ships and frigates, everything up to cruisers. They would also share with them designs for ground-based weapons too to protect the planet itself. Regent Siri also granted Slayer and her pack permission to go with Liam and the rest of Clan Mason leadership as they returned home. She also made plans to send an envoy to the Raptorians to warn them of a possible attack from the Scarthor. Their fleet had now returned to aid and protect the planet. Granted it was not as powerful as the ships of Clan Mason, but Clan Mason also prod promised to help them with ship designs for their engineers to work closely with them and begin to draw plans for both trade routes and Jack and Tick also promised on a way to open communications and to get their science hive working on a problem as soon as they got home while Celia promised to work up on getting an embassy up and running on their soil as soon as possible. So finally with the negotiations at an end Jack and Tick made plans to return to the Dreamer, along with most of their teams, leaving one team of Hunters, a couple of teams of Saviours, a team of Battle Angels, all behind to help with immediate rebuilding around the capital, as well as helping the Royal Guard to protect the Royal Pack. Jack also assigned both Mav and Rita as Royal Pack's personal Seeker bodyguards to prevent any sneak attacks by Scalathorn Nightmare Assassins that they got their ghost slitherers were able to return and then protect the people themselves. Though given the looks that Mav seemed to be getting from rather a few of the royal guards, when his time to came to return, Jack got the feeling he might well very well be alone. These Serpentina girls sure weren't shy when it came to expressing interest. Both Jack and Tick walked back onto the bridge of the dreamer finally. Well, it's about time we got home, wouldn't you agree, my love? Jack said with a smile and Tick draped her arms around his chest and pulled him into her. Music to my ears, my love. I yearn to feel solid ground beneath my boots again. Think I may have to go for a barefoot run in the forest when we get back. Apart from that minor respite, I spent way too long cooped up on this ship. 
As a full-blooded huntress, my spirit yearns to run through the forest and leap through the trees. Goddess, I need a damn good hunt. Tick purred and Jack smiled. Sounds like you need a damn good something, though I'm not sure it's a hunt. I'm pretty sure it rhymes with it, though. Jack said, giving Tick a playful grin, and she purred very loudly and drew looks from everyone on the bridge. Set a course for home, call us when we arrive, and then I simply dare one of you you to interrupt us in the meantime, Tick growled loudly, and with that Jack found himself dangling from her shoulder and facing the bridge crew, who all seemed to be just grinning at him. He just grinned right back at them and shrugged. There wasn't a person alive brave enough to challenge Tick Aleth's private time with her beloved male. Real emphasis on the word alive there. Liam's pack had made themselves at home in his quarters now. His entire bed had been pulled off the frame and the mattress was currently on the floor, along with every single pillow he owned. Right in the middle of said pillow pile was a rather obvious and rather familiar blue one that Lieber was currently coiled upon. Sometimes one needed the comforts of home, even when you were far from it. The ghost slitherers had certainly made themselves at home aboard. The mess hall was currently filled with them, and by all the screeching and hissing coming from the galley, their chef was determined to impress. Liam had picked up all their meals to go, which involved a service trolley, to wheel it to his quarters, and right now he was being set upon by four very hungry Serpentinus girls. Oh, you are right, sister, their food is superb. It absolutely melts in the mouth, Liam said, leaning back on her pillow and patting her belly in coils. The others all nodded in the f- greed before the four of them slithered up to Liam and surrounded him from all sides. It's been a most exhausting day, but I don't know about you, sisters, but I do believe we be- owe our beloved male a display of our gratitude and love. Celia purred, nuzzling his cheek and tickling him with her tongue, for turning his face and slipping said tongue into his mouth. Hmm, I do believe you're right, sister. So why don't we get this suit off him and get ourselves comfortable? Because I don't know about you, but my hunger sated, I find myself with a very different form of hunger. And I know the only way and only person that can sate it, Vimy said. Before Liam could even squeak a reply, he was flat on his back, minus his suit, and witnessed four sets of clothes being flung into the air. It was going to be a rather long night, and he'd never been so glad of seeking a stamina before. But he was going to get the distinct feeling he was going to be very glad of it before this night was through. Ah, that was chapter 13, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, but will Liam survive his night of passion aboard the Dreamer with his girls? Will they make it back into the homeworld in one piece? And will Jack actually walk away unscathed from Tick Alex's repressions? Only going to be one way to find out the answer to those questions and so many more. Going to have to tune in next time. So until next time, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and saying, I'll see you next time.